Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. No Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Actung Mill, or should I say, Mangangdang Gabi at Malagayang Hagdating Sa Actung Mill. If you're listening in the Philippines, yes, that's right. Actung Mill are the number one. Are we the number one football podcast or Millwall podcast in the, in the Philippines, Nick? Um, sports a football podcast, I think. <laughs> 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 oh, yes, mate. It's a very odd market. The, the, the podcast market, listen, is a very odd thing. And for some reason, the, the Filipino market keeps popping up as, as a place where we are we are winning. And I, I don't, don't ask me. I, I don't mate. know. I, I know. You, you know, you know. There's a load of girls out there just going, "Mahalkita, Mari Wallace." <laughs> I love you, Mari Wallace. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> don't ask me. Anyway, we apparently we're 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 you know successful in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us once again. It is the real Millwall Fan Show. My name is Aaron Paul. Delighted to be bringing you um, this week's programme. Plenty on the way as we look back at a big three points for the Lions at the Den that keeps that play-off dream alive. It is alive, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me, of course, the podfather, the daddy-o himself. Oh, we could call him the granddaddy-o for, for, for sort of, you know, things that have happened in the past 24 hours. He kind of is, he kind of is. Let's just call it he is. Uh, it's Nick Hart. How are you, pal? I'm good, Aaron. Um, great to be here with with yourself and Ryan, and you know, and, and yeah. Uh, shall we send our congratulations to? Let's to, do it. I want to say con- congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Avery, Michael, on the show. Um, I'm hoping we're not jumping any guns here, and they've got to let the family know yet. But anyway, who cares? We'll put it on a podcast and tell the world. Welcome to the world, young Fletcher, <laughs> young Fletcher Avery. Welcome to the world, mate. And um, I, I think he should have been called Bartos, personally. Same, same, same. I mean, I don't know about you, Ryan, but forever, when you know, for, for how long I know that kid, he'll always be known as Baby Bart to me. I think one of one of Michael's sons is called Neil, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, surely Gary must have been on the pecking order for the names <laughs> to really just show how the season's gone. And uh, no, congratulations to the both of them. And uh, Fletcher timed it perfectly as well. He even let his um, dad and mum settle down to watch Mill get a big three points before popping along. I mean, it's very respectful of him. I hope that Fletcher's around long enough for me to try out my Mutiny on the Bounty uh, impression of Mr. Christian and Fletcher and all the rest of it one day. Well, that day will come, young Fletcher. Don't you worry about that, mate. Big shout out to Mrs. Avery, who um, 
as the ladies do, had a bit of a tough time with um, childbirth. I'm just going to send their best wishes and thoughts to to Mrs. Avery and to Michael. Hundred percent. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations, and to Harrison Lennon as well. Um, Absolutely, they're young lads. They're your older brothers now, chaps. You've got to, you've got to show Fletcher the way and make sure he's Millwall. Yeah. Um, and don't forget as well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good time to plug our principal partner, which is Husky Chocolate. <laughs> uh, a formal announcement will be made at some point, but um, uh, if I'm sure that kid will be brought up drinking Husky. Uh, It'll give him muscles, wouldn't it? It'll give him Swedish, Swedish, um, you know, kind of outdoorsy kind of uh, lifestyle. Kind of of the adventure, you know. Do, uh, Husky Chocolate follow on milk, I'm sure, Aaron. You know. <laughs> they're, they're developing the follow on milk at the moment mate. and once they do they're going to shit all over SMA and Aptima, all over <laughs> yeah but uh, don't worry there's husky protein for you bodybuilder types and there's husky regular don't forget it's made with UTZ certified cocoa it is so I believe, so I believe. Fueled for the adventure. Um, Millwall certainly fueled for the adventure yesterday. It was a 1-0 win over Blackburn Rovers. Tony, I speak through my teeth. Mowbray's side were defeated. And effectively, that's them out of the playoffs. And it's tightening up nicely, chaps. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, I think Swansea still have a bit of a, a shout in the proceedings. At the moment, Cardiff sit in sixth spot. And we're a couple of points behind them. Um, but to be at this point in the table with what two games to go now, Aaron, I think it's a huge achievement. I know we've we've ridden our luck and we've not had some luck on occasions, but to be in this position, given where things were when when Gary Rowett came to the club back in October, given the type of football that we played, especially in the first half last night, which I thought was exhilarating at times, um, huge achievement, massive. You know, hats off to him and the squad for what they've what they've done this season. However, it finishes. Yeah. 100%. Just something to you, chaps. Just very, very, very briefly. We are recording this. It's Thursday, It's Wednesday. It's uh, 5.25. Brentford are currently 1-0 up at home to Preston North End, which would okay. see Preston sit in ninth. Three points behind Mill, same amount of games, and on level goal difference. So that's a good one. To be fair, Forrest to beat Swansea would be an absolute brilliant evening. Yeah, that's uh, what we're looking for, isn't it? For that's, the London, um, that is exactly what we're looking for. Ryan, talk to us, pal. Yeah, I think um, I echo Nick's, Nick's thoughts exactly that. However, the season does end up to be in with a chance of the playoffs with two games to go, I think is something that no fan would have expected coming into the season, um, especially given how last year went. And no fan would have would have foreseen even really with Gary Rowett taken over. I mean, the transformation that he's made of the squad so quickly without um, much time and you know, without much resources. It's been really impressive to see Millwall playing the sort of football that they were in the first half. And I think it's such a massive win. I mean, last three or four games, it's been up and down and up and down. It was on after Charlton, then it was off. Then we lost to Borough, it was off. And now we're back in it. And we're two games. I mean, we've got QPR and Huddersfield coming up, which, you know, a winnable game for Millwall was, I don't think there ever has been one. But um, we're in a really, really strong position. Something that struck me last night, chaps, um, especially in the first half, which was, you know, as we said, was the, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of uh, golden period of the game last night for us, the first 45 minutes. 
but it was the first time that I thought we'd really adjusted to the new football world of no fans and the kind of uh, the, the the water break pace of the, of the game that it's got now and, and the, the use of the substitutions and all the various little strange new things that have come to us since the restart. And yesterday was the first time that I thought we really looked comfortable with the situation and started playing to our strengths. First time since Nottingham Forest away, which had played in a, a very different kind of uh, footballing world. So that's, that's great yeah. to see. Um, hopefully we can press on with that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think we, you know, there's a bit more energy. I think the Swansea game was similar um, where Millwall had kind of that energy and we looked to break quite well. I think what was interesting is Blackburn came into this one where if they'd beaten us, they kind of throw themselves into the playoff shout again. They're probably very, very like slim chance outsiders, but it, they still had something to play for. I think if their season was completely over and they come to the den and they just look to shut the game down and deny me all time and space and kind of just play for a nil-nil, it's a lot of it's a lot harder a game. I think you see that against Charlton, we struggled because obviously they're hanging on against Borough. Obviously, they beat us and they really shut the game down. But if you look at the more open games against Swansea and against Blackburn yesterday, Millwall obviously have that space to counter-attack and we have a team coming at us and we're quite good at beating the press and beating the uh, the pressure and, and making a game of it. And I think the tempo of the game really suited that. The fact that, I mean, Blackburn are, are more of a, a, a top-heavy side, so they don't really have sitting back and defending in their in their DNA under Tony Mowbray, but that just really suits me all. And yeah, it was a, a really impressive performance that it's clear that the side are getting used to this lockdown period, back-to-back wins as well. I think really they're going to have to make it four in a row. And uh, that's a good bit of momentum to build up towards the end of the season. We, we pressed Blackburn very, very well in that first half, Ryan, last night. I thought we really took the game to them, put them under a lot of pressure in their back line. The goalkeeper was often, you know, panicky clearances and all the rest of it. But they did the same back to us in the second half. I mean, I, I, I sometimes think you've got to say fair play to the opposition because what we did to them in the first half, they, they did to us to an extent in the second half and had me on the edge of my seat. I know... Um, I was talking earlier on to um, to, to Dan Marsh from from Twitter, and you know, in, in retrospect, it looks a lot more comfortable than maybe it felt at the time. It certainly had me um, on the edge of my seat for for most of that second half because we we just seemed to you know be pushed back and back and back at times, didn't we? Yeah, I think I think we never looked right under the cosh, but definitely that second half, Blackburn had more of a play. We obviously that gives us a bit more space. Like we had a couple of chances. Bradshaw and Wallace came close. Um, Wallace maybe playing a ball in behind, just slightly overhit a couple of times. So it wasn't completely one-sided, but Blackburn definitely came out with more energy. I think the the amount that they were running and pressing Millwall, um, we struggled at times, but coped with it pretty well. And I think you have to give a bit of credit to Rowett. I know after the Middlesbrough game, he got a bit of stick for delaying changes and not really yeah. affecting the game. But I think in hindsight, you look back at that game that Mill were getting on top of that game because of the changes he made and then Borough get the penalty and it kind of kills it dead. But obviously today we're under a bit, or yesterday even, we're under a bit of pressure. He makes some really strange substitutions that you wouldn't have really thought where puts um, Hutchinson at, at right back, okay, it's to cover for an injury, changes to 4-4-2, it was a very odd sub. Like Smith never came on. He knew that we needed no. energy on the counter. So bringing Smith on obviously would have just kind of brought us that ten yards deeper. It's the sort of move maybe 
Harris would have made last year where he sticks on an extra defender and goes to like a makeshift back five and then Mill will sit 10 yards deeper and the pressure just builds and builds. But Rowett brought Bodvarsson on, brought Mahoney on, brought Thompson on just to give us a bit more pace. So however far Blackburn pushed us, we always had a threat on the break. And um, I think he, he got it spot on yesterday. There were strange choices, but changing our system, 4-4-2, 4-4-1-1, 4-5-1, like just to see the game out. It really worked. And um, that's credit to, to Rowett and the players, I think. Question I wanted to put to you too, if I may, is the, the commentary team last night and I follow said repeatedly that we can't keep this pace going, the, the, the high pressing, the, the, the kind of the tempo of the first half. Uh, we can't keep it going. And, and I think the team did tire as, as the game wore on, clearly. But um, the likes of Bielsa at Leeds have built a reputation for building teams built on that relentless pressing, higher tempo, high fitness regime. Um, is that where the club needs to... I mean, we've had a, a very strange season break and then start from scratch with a, an intense period. So it's too much to ask of it, of us the team right now to come and be a Bielsa-style leads, pressing, pressing, pressing style of play. But is that where we, we think Rowett might want to take us going forwards? Because it seems to be effective. We look very effective, electric at times last night. But if you're going to fade too fast, too early, it, you know, you can undo all, all, all of your good work, yeah. can't you? Um, I, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think... I think that's quite pessimistic, to be honest, to be looking at it, saying we, we can't keep it up. I think... The way Mill set up, we set up in a kind of mid-low block. So we we allow teams maybe to bring the football to their centre-backs and bring it out a bit before kind of engaging with the press. We're not looking to press them right from the off. I mean, when Blackburn did try and play it out from the goalkeeper, we did press them. And obviously the goal goal came from that. But I think Mill, um, we're smart enough in terms of how we press. I think you look at Swansea, we set off quite deep and hit them on the counter repeatedly. We did that a lot of times yesterday against Blackburn. I think the energy levels in the side are fine. Um, Murray Wallace on the on the left could run for days. Marlon Romeo never really seems to tire. Mm-hmm. Jed Wallace maybe fades in and out of games. We've got a midfield that, that is fit. Um, Ryan Leonard is someone who can put in a big shift. Billy, um, Billy Mitchell can put in a shift. Jason Malumbi, uh, Ben Thompson, Ryan Woods even now is showing it. The only player whose fitness I'd be worried about would be Mason Bennett. But obviously, he's had long-term injury this season and obviously just again returned from injury. So he's one who you would, wouldn't expect to be super fit. We've got, I mean, what would be better would be better options off the bench. Obviously, once, like I say, once you put Matt Smith on, you, you lose that pressure. You change it entirely, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. So sometimes it looks like we've tired, but really because we've got Matt Smith on, you just cannot do that anymore. And then obviously with the likes of maybe Bodvarsson coming off the bench, maybe you need someone who has a bit more of an impact. But I don't think he did it awful off the bench um, yesterday. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's the area we need to improve. I think where we where will want to improve is signing more ball-playing people, so um, people who give us more of a chance of holding on to the ball and uh, so we don't have to press as much off it, I guess, so we're not under the cosh for as long spells. I think there's plenty of value out there as well in the markets. I mean, obviously, I actually just, funny enough, I went to do a bit of shopping and I met a player who's promoted with Wickham Wanderers on Monday who's going to remain unnamed. And I asked him, you know, you're out of contract next week. Are you worried? And he goes, nah, not really, because there's so many players out there in so many boats. And yes, the wages will be lower 
because clubs don't have the money, but mm. you will get a de- half decent contract somewhere, you know, yeah. um, in the football league. And there, there are always options to go places. So, and he says, you know, literally it's heating up already in terms of, um, in terms of what we can go for and, and, and where we can go. I think the transfer window does actually open in a week's time or in 10 days time or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I it really, today, wasn't it? Obviously, I mean, well, we, we don't know where Millwall are going to end up this season. You know, if there is going to be a late surge of the playoffs and if they do get into the playoffs. Um, I mean, I think for me, I'm, I sit here and I look back at results like Barnsley and I just get pissed off. And I think back to Hull and watching them get dictated. Now, yesterday, I think to myself, well, you know what, a three or a four for Millwall would have been good. And then I look back to Middlesbrough and think to myself, well, you know what, that was just a, a shambles. You know, there are so many places where Millwall have dropped points that, you know what, right now they could be sort of comfortably, not comfortably in the playoffs, but, you know, in a decent <clears throat> enough position yeah. in there. Rather no, than hard if they could be chasing Forest, you know. Um, yeah. And so, and so it depends what's going to happen next year. I don't think, I mean, obviously I think we're going to come on to the League One playoffs and talk about we're on just them getting promoted. But, you know, their managers freely come out and go, I, I don't really know what I'm doing transfers-wise next season. We need to, mm. you know, sort of assess what we're going to do. And I think for Millwall, it's, nothing's going to have been planned because they need to work out whether they're going to be a championship club or a Premier League outfit next year. Yeah, which is a very yeah. surreal thing to say, Aaron, isn't it? I mean, mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's not out of the question. So, you know, that in itself is, think, is a tribute. I think there was a, a piece on News at Den that came out today that I was reading that I think they've spoken to Rowett about that possibility of of looking at transfers and what it would be like should Mill get promoted. And I think Rowett was saying they obviously have their targets for the championship. They're the ones they've been preparing, but they have contingency plans in place and targets should Mill get promoted. Um, where they would step up. And I think he said it would be more like a, a Sheffield United kind of transfer policy where they've looked for value in the championship and brought in the likes of like Jack Robinson, Luke Freeman, um, Phil Jagielka on a free. So picking up three players on um, who would actually impact the squad and maybe top-end championship players. And then obviously Sheffield United have, have spent a bit more on Callum Robinson, Ollie McBurney, and then Sander Burge in... Um, in January when they know that they're, they're kind of safe. So by the sounds of it, and obviously how the club is being run recently, I don't think Mill would go up and spend 100 million, 150 million, just blow it all. So, you know, I think like you say, there will be very um, interesting moves in the transfer window. Even if we are in a championship, it would be very competitive, and but there will be a lot to offer. Um, but I think a lot of the games you mentioned, Aaron, where we should have just done better, the Barnsley's, the Middlesbrough, the whole where we could have put more, I think what is maybe a slight positive for Rowett is that all of those games, our problems are pretty much the same. I mean, even since since Rowett's taken over, really, our problem is creating chances and finishing chances. Our defence, I mean, the stats going around today and yesterday of Bart now keeping the most clean sheets in England, I think 16 clean sheets. Um, our defence is solid. Our defensive record is one of the best in the league. Our uh, we've got a couple of young players. We've got Billy Mitchell coming through. We've got we've got promise around the squad. We have a very small squad. I don't know how stretched our wage budget is. I think it's the third smallest, third or fourth smallest in the league. So I don't know how much more the club can stretch to. But if they've got new investment and if they've got um, a bit of, a bit of cash going about and a loosened FFP, maybe you can spend a bit more without obviously going too far. But the, the problems are obvious. 
I think central midfield and the attack, the attacking positions are areas that Mill will need to improve. So he's not got to do an overhaul in the summer. Obviously, Harris did that quite well last year. He just needs to add a bit of depth and a bit of better quality. And that's a strong position to be in because there's some teams in the championship. You look at them and they need to just rip it up and start again. And uh, Mill just aren't in that position. I agree with that entirely. I think mm. that the uh, the forward line. I mean, we we are still in the bizarre position of our top scorer not really being seen as a starter at the moment. Um, occasionally, perhaps, but not not regularly. And, and we all know the uh, the Matt Smith um, debate inside out now. But you know, I, I I thought last night that started to look like a regular first choice, strongest eleven. And it played like it. And, you know, Ryan Woods, I haven't mentioned Ryan Woods' performance last night. Um, you know, I'll say again, I, I was a bit of a doubter. I was a doubting Thomas on the on the um, Ryan Woods front. Um, but no, road to Damascus conversion, uh, um, Aaron. I, I have seen <laughs> the light. I, once I was blind, Ryan, now I see. Um, that Did was a masterful. Harry's starting to come around, Nick. I don't know about like, Harry. That's, that's when you're worried. <laughs> he, Harry's still out in the wilderness doing 40 days and 40 nights out there. But um, I, I, I thought that was a master. I mean, some of the touches, some of the balls he played and the combination work with Jed and and um, and other partnerships that, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, they're going across the, the team at the moment with Mason Bennett on the left and I thought Ferguson did well last night for me anyway Yeah, and you start to see these little um, you know little double acts putting, putting some really really nice balls through I mean some of the passing from Ryan Woods last night I thought yeah okay fair play that's what that's what an £8 million player looks like I hadn't seen it previously but I saw it last night so you know yeah I, think, off I think with Ryan Woods um, since which game was it he was dropped for? Was it the Barnsley game? Since the Barnsley game, since he's come back in, I think he started every game, maybe. And he's just been excellent. His his passing, yeah, is is fantastic. I think yesterday you saw a bit more of him um, defensively in terms of yeah, getting into the work small part. tackles yeah. and, and breaking up. And I thought that was something I saw from him quite early on when he joined Millwall and then maybe faded out of it. But he made some really clever tackles. There was a couple of times he gave away a foul or two, which I thought, were quite harsh when I was watching the game, but his he is just not a um, a Millwall player. He's not the type of midfielder midfielder Millwall have had. I think in my lifetime, maybe I don't know how far back you want to go with that, but he is maybe seen as a luxury player. But also just the value and the, the skill set he has is not one of a typical Millwall midfielder, but it is one that is clearly the direction that Rower wants to take us in, and is the sort of player that playoff midfields and um, top championship midfields having them. He just has that quality and Rowett has obviously not made it, um, he's not been coy about saying that he wants to sign Woods permanently and I think Stoke will be looking to offload a lot of players. They've got a stretch, stretch budget. I know they've got really, really rich owners in Bet365 but they, yeah, but they have got a stretch budget. FFP. FFP exactly. they're, 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 I know they're, they're relaxing they're, it but their, their squad is massive under- as well. But no, I thought yeah. that was a, that was a masterclass mm. last night. From yeah, I thought again, he's um, yeah, he's just a, he's just a fantastic player, and he is the sort of player I could see Rowett building a squad around and uh, having him at the base of midfield three, just really kind of revolutionising what, what what we recognise as Millwall. And again, I, I will say it again, Nick, his his leadership yesterday, I could hear it again um, in the stadium. Really, really calling the shots, having a dig at people a couple of times as well. I know Piers had a couple of digs at um, some of the players for not working as hard, but 
was really not accepting substandard passes, players out of position, really getting into people and and pulling the strings and calling the shots with where passes are going and where people are and what options they've got. And it's, I think, pre-lockdown in big stadiums, you don't notice it as much, but now I'm, I'm really starting to notice it. And if he's got that voice in the dressing room as well, maybe, is, is one of those where, you know, where players have so much quality in a squad that the rest of their team respect them because they know they can do it on the pitch. So yeah. when they're calling shots, they're like, well, this guy's good. He knows. And I think that is the sort of player that Ben Thompson will learn from, Billy Mitch will learn from, and they'll just become better players, how they read the game and the actions they make in games. Woods will Woods will improve them because he's entering his peak. He's not old. He's not, um, you know, spring chicken, but he's, what, mid-20s? Mid-20s, yeah, so, prime time. So he's, yeah, prime time. For a centre midfielder there, he's prime age. And if we all can get him in permanently, that will be a really landmark signing and laying down the gauntlet for what Rowett wants to do with this side. There was a moment, I had to laugh, another on-field leader that you've mentioned previously, Ryan, is uh, Alex Pierce. And there was a moment where Conor Mahoney didn't make a header. <laughs> that, was, that was the one I had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, Fucking I mean... The ball, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worse than that effect, basically. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it's just, it, it, was a, it was a fascinating contrast because if you take the skill levels, the respective skill levels of Ryan Woods and Conor Mahoney, I mean, I, you know, they're two different position players, but in terms of footballing skill and ability with the ball, they're, they're, they're on a par with each other. I think Conor Mahoney has got, a, you know, an ability for his position that is, that is um, you know, over and above what we, we might have expected traditionally at Millwall. But he doesn't do the work, whereas last night, Ryan Woods did the work part. And that, that's the magic combination. If you want to be loved at Millwall, you combine the silk with Terry Herlock and that's that that's what we saw a little bit of last night with Ryan Woods. So uh, yeah. More power I've, to him. I've got to chuck out some of my, you know, my sort of standard like, you know, uh tail between my leg, you know, explanations if you like. Just apology I don't really want to call it an apology, but just sort of like a you can't always get it right. And I, I've I've kind of been shot in the foot a couple of times this week, firstly by saying Eddie Howe was finished. And um, did see that <laughs> massive retraction. <laughs> they went on one for one. Sorry, Mr. Howe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, and then obviously this whole one with Woods. I was, I was not his biggest fan. I just thought that he just, he just frustrated. He just frustrated me a couple of times. But you know, then again, one swallow doesn't quite make a summon. No, you got to keep doing it. See consistency him be consistent yeah. and there's not really much time to be consistent but these next two games no. are the biggest in the club's history no well, i think your your reservations are sorry nick um were kind of fair what you were saying about the fact that he went to stoke and obviously didn't settle and the fact that they were willing to offload him that does put question marks over a player and the fact that he came back from lockdown in the first game didn't quite look at it but I think that's what's settled it for me, really, is that his reaction since being dropped. And I think he was dropped because there was a week between games, so it wasn't rest. So I think him being dropped and coming back in and playing better than he has done the whole time we've had him, that's, that's the positive sign that I'm taking from it. That uh, I think he has a, a somewhat pre-existing relationship with Rowett. They obviously get on, and uh, that's, that's where it's done for me. But I understand the, the reservations you had. I think everything you've said before was, was pretty fair, to be honest. Well, he's another player that everyone, when he arrived, had reservations of some one sort or another. That was Mason, Mason Bennett. Um, and I think he's yeah. improving game by game. I think he really brings a dimension to our left side <clears throat> that we've been missing. So, you know, in the same way as Ryan Woods, the one, one swallow doesn't make a spring. You're right, Aaron. But 
you know, some of these players, I've said it. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't. It's, it's a summer. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that phrase is finger of summer. Any, I feel like a proper any metaphor that achieves yeah. its end result is a good one in my world. Um, but no, Mason Bennett. I mean, I, I, I again, like Woods. I mean, we've said it a few times that some of these players may never have a better chance, another chance, conceivably, of the top flight. And this is if they don't want to be consistent now, then they never will be. They've had a few chances mm. to achieve that since the restart. And now we've just got two games to go, QPR and then Huddersfield next, uh, next Tuesday night. So now's a very good time to find your inner motivation, whatever that might be. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door go to bluenile.com and use promo code listen to get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 dollars or more that's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Achtung Noble. I think of, um, on Mason Bennett, Nick, as well, I think, again, obviously getting the, the goal, great composure for the finish, and... Uh, he is someone who is really impressive. I think I, yeah, his, I in, his injury flagged up a little concern, the fact that he missed a couple of games, and that's obviously been his background, really picking up small knocks and then, then becoming bigger. But every time he's played, and I agree with you when you said that looked like our strongest 11, um, I think him and Shane Ferguson have really built up a connection so quickly down that left-hand side. Against Swansea, again, it was there, where they really, really get each other's game, work together really well. I think he links up with Jed quite well. Um, and he just offers that other dynamic. And um, Adam Barrett did the press conference after the game. Read into that what you will. But um, he, he he was really complimentary of him. And he was saying, they know he's not fully fit, but he's getting fitter. He's getting stronger. And if he's going on a free in the summer, um, 
why would you not pick him up? He looks like he need he needs a fresh start. I think that was clear yeah. at Derby. Mm-hmm. The whole drink driving, the whole Snapchat video thing. Just he'd been there since he was 12, 13. Um, he just needed a, a change of scene. And I think with a manager that he knows before in Gary Rowett, it's just good business for Mill to to bring him in. He's looked so lively. And uh, he really reminds me of, I think I wrote a couple uh, a couple of weeks ago, but maybe it's the Swansea game. He really reminds me of Carlos Tevez in how he runs. You know, how Tevez always, he would run near the ball, but make sure he made contact with the defender first before getting the ball <laughs> under control. And just, he likes to just get a shoulder in and he likes to, maybe that's why he picks up injuries and he needs to mature a bit. But he just looks like someone who's going to run after people. And he seems to love throwing a slide tackle in a couple yesterday and, couple against Swansea. I know he got booked for one against Swansea, but he looks like the sort of player that fans will really get behind. And I think that's what he needs as well. I, th- it, I think it, for it him... Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, Nick. I think I just very quickly, I just think he's got a point to prove. I think he's really... 100%. 100% um, he does. And that Mill was a good, point, a good club to come to to prove a point. Mm. I think he, if Rowe, as a manager, is looking to do the same, really. You know, read, reading something of his background, and I'm not going to read too much into that because that's personal to him, but I think he's a player that responds well to a bit of love. And as odd as it sounds to anyone outside the Millwall bubble, when you're inside the Millwall, um, the arms of Millwall, if you like, and you give 100%, then you will get that, that love that you need. I think he's a player that maybe, maybe will find a home at Millwall. And I think possibly that will that will be the uh, the spark that he needs for his career because... You're both right. He was he was stuck in a rut at Derby. It didn't sound like it was um, taking him anywhere. And to get away from that and maybe find something, I don't know. I'm, I'm hope I'm selling the club to you, Matt Mason. If you're listening, mate. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday to him. Happy, happy birthday. birthday today. And if you want any husky chocolate, just give me hit me up on on the Twitter. Like like. Um, Did you just say hit me up? Yeah, Addy Bio. I was watching him last night. That's that's what the kids say, Aaron. Apparently, so hit me up <laughs> on the Twitter. If you want um, some husky chocolate, I'll buy you some, Mason. You, you know what, chaps? He's been playing football for a long time. I mean, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, you've done a bit of reading into him. You know, he was on the bench for a League Cup game at the age of fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. I think he, he's he's Derby's youngest ever debut. I think he was just just turned sixteen when he made his debut for them. And that's you know, it's that's and a tough when he life. Had, that's a it tough is, especially when you have he had injuries for. A long time it was I think it was two or maybe even three or four years before he made a start for Derby as well mm. so always off the bench always in and out of the squad always picking up injuries it's one it's just a couple of things you know after four or five years of it four five six years it gets to you and I think he would go on loan I think he was at Bradford I think he was at um, North County and started doing well picked up an injury and it's ruled out a season and that happens two or three times to you and that just demoralizes you so I think I think bouncing back from an injury and getting a goal, that's great for him. I think if he ends this season well and gets confident and gets fit and Mill will look after him in the summer, then, you know, he can really hit the ground running and uh, be, be a new player, really. Question, chaps. Question, question, question. Let's, let's have two scenarios. Mill will get promoted to the Premier League. Do they sign Mason Bennett? Second question, Mill will don't get promoted to the Premier League. Do they sign Mason Bennett? Yeah, I mean, it's a yes for me to both questions. Um, if, I mean, it's, it's like I said earlier on, it's a surreal scenario to even be thinking about. 
Um, I think, incidentally, listeners, if you know, everyone's worrying what next season will look like, whether there's going to be any fans in stadiums, if we get promoted to the Premier League, I think we might see a season without any fans in the stadia because I think the FA and Premier League will combine to try to uh, to Anyway. I think, um, I think they're ramping up to get it up to 40% capacity stadiums, actually. I think that's the aim. Let's, let's, let's see, if, no see if we creep into it. <laughs> into there because tea party. Um, to answer your question, Aaron, I mean, yeah, certainly if we can keep him in the championship, that would be wonderful. Um, I think so. If you know, we, if we did get promoted, let's let's go with a flight of fancy. Um, we 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 have to keep it, you know, within very tight lines. I mean, the club have said that in the news at Den report. That, uh, Ryan mentioned earlier on, you've got to keep it tight. You 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 may have to take a Norwich for the season because, you know, you, you may not be able to um, compete with the world budgets that some clubs will bring to pass there. But <clears throat> it will be a massive, massive shot in the arm for our club in terms of its existence and going on into the future. Mm. And we can build on it. And I think so. To answer your question for for both scenarios, for me, yes. What about you, Ryan? Would you would you um, say yes in both situations or? I'm not sure about the Premier League. I think Championship definitely. I think him and him and Woods have both really added something since they've come in, and will probably be on Rowett's list. I think internally, it will depend. They'll have to make their mind up on Bennett over injuries, and his wages will kind of have to maybe reflect that hesitance. But if it, it was, if we were to get up to the Premier League, um, you know, if he scores a goal in a playoff final, then I think you have to give him one out of uh, gratitude, don't you? But I think. It will depend on, I guess, his wage expectations and kind of playing expectations if we went up. If he kind of, I'm not saying that he's this sort of player or he would do this, but hypothetically, if he were to take a chance and kind of demand twice the wages for us being a Premier League club, for a player who's never played at that level and never even really convinced at championship level, um, you'd have to probably swerve that. But it'd definitely be one to have in the contacts book and see how your squad is shaping up. Um Definitely. So I'd be I'd be more hesitant over whether or not we got promoted, but in the championship for next season, I think I think we should definitely pick him up on a free. What a conversation to be having, chaps! Two games <laughs> from the from the end of, of a season that's seen us um, yo-yo around the, you know, the the, the football's fortunes. Um, I, I saw a wonderful description of uh, of, of Jake Cooper, um, Cooper Aldo. <laughs> oh come on! He'll, ne- he'll never be. He'll never be anything other than juicy Jake to us, mate. <laughs> Cooper Aldo, yeah. juicy Jake Cooper Aldo. I, I'm loving his forward runs. I, 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 I said it earlier on. I'll say it again. You do not have any romance in your soul if you do not love to see Jake Cooper get forwards and into the penalty area. No, <laughs> it is a fantastic. wonderful sight. <laughs> it's fantastic, and it, I mean, he nearly, he nearly got two yesterday. The uh, <laughs> classic, the classic vintage surging run forward that he did. Whereas he scuffed his shot a bit, but then even the shot, the pop shot, he got away from the edge of the box. I mean, for a minute that looked like that was flying in. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a yeah. bit comfortable for Walton. But since the goal against Charlton, you know, I think he's been fed up with not getting goals from corners this season. So he's taking matters <laughs> into his own hand. But it's phenomenal. I think that again to to go back to kind of what Rowett has done with the team. This was Jake Cooper and Sean Hutchinson were very much head it and kick it centre backs. Very, very good head it and kick it centre backs, especially at Championship level. But under Harris, they were very much get the ball, knock it long. When the ball comes near you, head it away. And uh, under under Rowett, we've seen both of them. I mean, the amount of times Hutchinson sprinted forward, he must have been knackered by the end of that game. Yeah. The surge of runs he was making forward into the box, offering support for Romeo, especially with Jed moving inside. 
and Cooper doing the same. It's just phenomenal. Obviously, it's a, a leaf out of the Chris Wilder book, but it's really working for me all. And I saw that that great tweet yesterday of uh, Jake Cooper running into an opponent's block and it's King Kong knocking in and you know a six foot seven center back charging at you it's got a, it's got a frightened sun defender surely it's it's phenomenal it's unsettling he's, isn't it you know? definitely and i think as usual fantastic in the air solid in defense um he's just a phenomenal player and if he can add surging runs and great finishes to his game like i say he'll play one to eleven mate he'll play one to eleven next season he said is anyone better to learn from than gary Rout and x Premier League defender himself. He's clearly passing yeah. on all of his, the depth of his knowledge, isn't he? I mean, we're seeing it. Yeah. Another player I just want to mention, I and mean, we're probably coming to the close of this section, but I just want to mention Shane Ferguson because he, mm. he, he, yeah. he takes, um, you know, he, he, I saw a debate earlier on about whether he contributed much or anything last night. And I thought he was, a, a, I think he's a real shining light as to what you can achieve in this live person because he was out in the cold for a long time. But he made a yeah. twisting and turning run on the left, where he he, he kind of w- came back on himself and then made a dash towards the the byline and got a cross in. Mm. And I thought that was wonderful to see. These are little joyous moments, Ryan. This, this is what you watch football for because these are the these are the um, yeah. these are the jewels, you know. And I, 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 I take my hat off to him. Yeah, I really like Ferguson. I think he's. Um, I remember him coming through at Newcastle. I think he was on loan at Birmingham, and he looked good there. He. Um, He's an interesting one because when we played 4-4-2 under Harris all the time, he's not quite a left midfielder, doesn't maybe offer you as much. He's not quite a left back because he's not defensively enough. He's really diligent. He's a really hard worker. So there was, I think, really early on um, uh, yesterday, Blackburn were countering and we had players on the cover, but he just made up 10 yards and won the ball back. And it's that sort of work. And he gets forward really well. Like I say, he's developing a really good partnership with. Um, Mason Bennett. I mean, his crossing's fantastic. He can put a ball in the sixpence, probably better than anyone in our team. And that's a great threat to have from left wing back. He's really, really making that position his own. And where I prefer him to Murray Wallace in that position is just passing moves down the left don't break down with him in it. He's a really tidy passer. He he holds on to the ball well. Like you say, he can stand up a defender and twist and turn. Murray Wallace is great for surging runs and probably more solid defensively. But Ferguson against Blackburn and um, against Blackburn against Swansea and against Barnsley is kind of showing what he can offer in that role, and I think he does it excellently. Aaron, shall we um, take a break to the voicemail section? Listeners need to know that I run the Acton Mill podcast a bit like uh, Fletcher, young Fletcher Avery will might relate to this, like Captain Bly running the HMS Bounty. I, I, I extract voicemails from each of the chaps. Uh, when we win we get more than when we lose but anyway um, we won't won't dwell on that Um, I thought we might run those now and then we'll come back after the break if we may boys to debate the I follow TV production values yeah there you go let's uh, let's run that track Nick run that track you're listening to Act on Normal
Dobre Virtue listeners, Jiri Skanak here. Excellent performance tonight. Uh, some of the best football we played, I think, in that first 30 minutes. We were absolutely electric. Thank you to iFellow. I was watching Jake Cooper's scuffed effort rather than seeing the goal go in. So thanks for that, iFellow. Um, I think some standout performances tonight. Mason Bennett was superb. Uh, Jed Wallace, very good again. But particularly Ryan Woods. Um, I was very critical of him after he signed for us. Um, But I think the last few games, he's really settled into our system and um, just looks uh, a class apart. Uh, Everything runs through him uh, and he's there wherever you really need him. He he was fantastic tonight. I think the lads really run themselves into the ground and it was a strong performance. Um, we're certainly becoming the one nil specialists. I don't know how I feel. A little bit frustrated that we couldn't um, kind of beat the likes of Middlesbrough and Barnsley and we would be comfortably sixth. Uh, as it stands, we still have a very slim chance, depending on other results. But Super Neil has come to bite us in the arse by getting his Cardiff boys playing. Um, at the moment, I tip Cardiff for sixth, unfortunately. Well, a win for Gary Rowett's side, and it was a close run thing. First half, Millwall, fantastic. We eventually saw the goal, no thanks to the eye follow coverage, which again was very bad. But Millwall, fantastic in that first half. Um, the best we've probably played since lockdown. Um, Ryan Woods is brilliant when he does a performance like that not just the stuff with the ball as I said in the last game when he does stuff without the ball when he gets about the pitch when he puts tackles in makes key runs that's when he proves that he was a five million pound player that was the best performance from Ryan Woods in a middle shirt the second half however was nervy 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 that reminded me of proper playoff football you know almost the uh, the, the first sort of forays back into the playoffs under Kenny Jacket. I know it's not a playoff game, but it felt like one. Um, Cardiff obviously winning. It's it's not in our own hands, but all we can do is win our last two games. And if they win their last two games and they get done on on goal difference, or they get you know Cardiff's goal difference improved by one overall, and then they've got more goals scored. They've got Middlesbrough. We've got QPR. Middlesbrough have got something to play for. QPR don't, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to go and get the results. We've got two games. We've got to win both games, but we knew that beforehand. We've done really well tonight, even with the last second heart-stopping moment. Um, but seven minutes on the clock, did you expect? I mean, they saw out the goal of the game for six minutes and 50 seconds of that performance. Mason Bennett and Ryan Woods are both must buys for me. So how does that feel, listeners? A nice home win against Blackburn Rovers that keeps us within touching distance of the playoffs. And for a uh, a brief period, we were joint sixth and it was only goal difference or goal scored that uh, kept us out of the playoff places. It was a very professional performance by Millwall. Uh, Very, very well played. It wasn't the prettiest of games, obviously, um, but it was very much a job done. Another clean sheet that fills us with confidence. I said a couple of weeks ago, Ryan Woods, that I would would drive you back to Stoke, but I think I'll drive back up there and bring you back because, again, another excellent performance and uh, similar with Bennett, who scored the goal. Let's do all we can to sort of keep these players if if um, if the bank balance allows. Two games left to go. 
Oh, it's against those near the bottom of the table, so we'll see how we get on. But hopefully, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be in that top six. Come on, you Lions. Not long to go. Nearly at the end of that long marathon. Another battling performance today from the Lions. Three points at Hull. Far from fluid, but at this point in the season, I don't think that matters. Three games left, three wins, 70-plus points will get us in the playoffs. Anything less, and it's good night, Vienna. As I said to you two weeks ago, Nick, I'll see you at the playoffs. Yeah, welcome back to Actonmore. Thanks to everyone for those uh, wonderful voicemails. Nick, what's the number? Do we have a number? Do we still have a number? Yeah, we do. Because um, um, I, I, I love it when people ring in with, with their views and opinions. The number is from England, in England, 0208 If you're uh, dialing in from abroad, and I would love it if someone from America or Australia or the Philippines Philippines. (laughs) (laughs) would dial uh, plus 44208144022. So basically the same as the English number without the first zero and just stick a plus four four. And Filipinos, we want to hear, or Filipinas even, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and on the email as well, we're taking emails. And do you know what, actually? Um, so, so how we run is we, we've got like a sort of little private coded WhatsApp group that we uh, we all sort of like, you know, pull in and, and, and talk in sort of week by week. But the best thing for me is when Nick sends us a screenshot of what you guys are telling us. So drop us an email. And um, and if it's not too, uh, if it's not too sort of spicy, Nick. Saucy. Pop passes <laughs> it on to us. <laughs> um, any any private mail for him private fan mail it is respected I mean obviously Harry's excluded from that if anyone's bad mouthing Harry I'll always pass that on to everyone including Harry Coach himself <laughs> <laughs> we, we, lo- we love you Harry we, we know you're listening yeah we do mate we do but um, yeah but just do email us it's actonmill at gmail.com isn't it it is indeed actonmill at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you so voicemail us hit us up on email <laughs> Yeah, drop us drop us an email. Whip out the old Windows ninety five, and drop us an email, mate. That's exactly what we want. Let's talk. Uh, I follow, um, and I oh, don't want I don't want this to become a, a slanging sort of like you know a a, a bit of abuse for, for young Carlos Bates. No, and, and no, Lex no, Riley, because you know what they do their thing sort of week in week out. Um, obviously, they've had a spike in in listeners slash viewers due to the coronavirus, but they do their thing every single week. So I, d- I don't want this to become like a, um, you know, sort of the follow on from Twitter and all that, and you know, bash yeah, no, 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 no. But, um, but let's talk about the directors and some throw-ins. It's, it's not the commentary that I'm. That I'm I mean, I'm, I, we'll watch the same stream last night, so we'll sort of same amateur our direction. Um, I, pre- I presume there is a director somewhere or a producer somewhere that that is um, picking the cameras and running the replays. But it's basic. I would imagine page one of TV sports production instruction manual, page one, that when there's action live and there's a chance of a goal, then you you, you switch to the live action and run your replay a few seconds later. I mean, it's it, it's just poor. Um, I think on a wider level, I'm, and I'm not – I enjoy uh, Carl's uh, commentary and Les Briley is a playing legend, so I'm not going to knock – Eva, actually, um, I think um, the the TV channel I follow. If it's going to be 
a method by which um, the EFL and clubs um, see a, a, a potential stream in difficult times going forward, and I would imagine it will be next season, then they've got to do better. They, they can't do what they're doing at the moment. It's, it's, you may not be able to achieve Sky TV or, or BT Sport levels of um, camera angles and, and, and um, so on and so forth. No one's looking for yeah. that. But you've got to deliver basic TV coverage. And to miss the goal last night, um, amateur hour, I thought, by the director, yeah, think, not not by the chaps. They had nothing to do with it. I think, I think I've, I, I've got an extra bit of familiarity with iFollow this year because um, obviously for the first half of it, I was living outside the UK, so I managed to get the international subscription pass to watch um, my Millwall matches. And to be honest, I never had much issue with it. I think the... Again, like you say, the commentary, the, the hours and effort um, Cole puts in going up and down the country, I think that's uh, cannot be sniffed at from a from a mural perspective. The fact that we have someone there as our voice is um, is excellent, and I think the direction is you know it's it's a different company that is out of house. I think some people have the idea of of Carl sitting on a big on a bigger <laughs> recliner directing the camera mic in hand fag in the other just Cecil B. DeMille <laughs> yeah I think um, he's not the overlord that some people paint him to be but um yeah I think I think because it's all done out of house and that 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 athletic article that I shared with you like a couple of weeks ago when um obviously I followed crashed on the return of football highlighted a lot of the issues I think they said it's the the two camera standard kind of long way lengthways of the pitch, and then the standard halfway line camera is the the basic package that you get with this company. Obviously, not all teams in the EFL use iFollow. I think there's ten or twelve who do it in house. I think Swansea and Leeds are two of those because they're fed up with the quality of it. But to take it in house, you have to pay the league ten thousand pounds, which obviously most clubs can't do or don't most clubs don't um, think is a valuable investment, especially if most of your fan base isn't abroad, where the iFollow probably isn't getting used as much on a day-to-day basis. But it's a difficult one because the league obviously want the clubs to use that service. But I think not just Millwall fans, but fans all over the country in this lockdown, and like you say, it's becoming now the norm, they're getting really fed up with um, the quality of it. I know Sky obviously kind of ruffled a few feathers when they started broadcasting Tuesday night matches on the red button. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus, you try and watch one of those. It's like you've got oh, a TV they're... and cling film. Yeah, they're poor. For, you know, I mean, the Millwall Leeds game earlier in the season away at Elland Road, the, the quality on that was dreadful. And, you know, that's having a great internet connection, but those are going out on TV. And that's just, you've got a perfect Sky HD program on one side, press the red button, and it's just awful. I think... I think the league will have to look at it. The EFL will have to look at it in this closed season. Obviously, it won't be long for them. But if that is going to be the service they're providing going into next year to encourage fans to stay away from stadiums, then it needs to be better because missing goals and things like that for nonsensical highlights as well. I I mean, obviously, I was at the game, but um, I think it was Jamie Pryor on Twitter constantly... uh, lambasting the throw-in highlights. I mean, you don't get highlights of potential red card fouls. You barely get highlights of goals, but a ball going out for a throw-in, and they really want to examine that one. But, I mean, it's just not what fans want. It's frustrating enough um, when highlights... I I mean, I hate highlights, to be honest. I'd rather just watch the game as it plays out um, and maybe watch back later. But you've got to to watch the goals because the ball was in play for plenty of time there. 
stats. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't have been hard to switch over. The, uh, I mean, the production or direction, whatever way you want to call it, of the of the images that you're looking at on iFollow, apparently is is owned by a company called IMG, which is a major league um, sports yeah. marketing group yeah. company. Are, huge. But it's got to be better. So there we are. Let's be fair. The Millwall iFollow coverage will never win a BAFTA. You know. No, <laughs> but you, I mean, there's a promoted Aaron. In, I mean, <laughs> in fairness. In fairness, it doesn't need to be much better. It just no. needs to capture the action and then show us a replay when there's a moment where the ball's not in play yeah. or you have, you have a few seconds to play with. Um, last night's uh, direction was clearly done by someone sat in a very, very different place. With not now, maybe we're spoiled, Nick, with the, with the amount of football we have on TV these days, but uh, maybe we expect too much. Maybe I followed enough the money of uh, Skies and BTs. Probably. Yeah, no, you could, you could be onto something there, Ryan. I think you could well be onto something. But they're going to charge for it and, you know... Capturing the that, action is, yeah. They kind of are charging for it now in a sense that the most season tickets are transferred to I follow then you've got to start delivering a better service than what we're seeing yeah. there we are you're listening to act on normal let's um let's consider Wigan and it's 8-0 victory over Hull that was um okay can I lead on this can I lead on this yeah of course you can. Um, yeah. I went to the first game following Wigan's um Wigan's the announcement of Wigan's administration. Uh, yeah. It was away to Brentford. They got beaten three 0 They were absolutely battered. But do you know what? It wasn't a case of they were battered because they were shit like Harway yesterday. They bat- they were battered because they were outplayed by a team who are far superior to them in terms of technicality, in terms of style of play, in terms of what they do. Paul Cook doesn't set his teams up to play, you know, tiki-taka football. But let's be fair, Brentford are set up to play that that brand of football and to be creative, super, super creative and super technical on the ball. Um, one certain person who considers themselves a sports journalist, works for uh, a radio station, the, the radio station that I don't work for, um, calls himself. I mean, I think he labels himself some. Is it, is it a Canadian animal or something like that? <laughs> um, he used to put up pictures of food until he was called him. I know who you mean. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know the picture now, um, then well, if you, if you don't if you don't know who I'm talking about, then you, you never will. But um, he was actually at the game, and he tweeted someone saying that the Wigan players didn't care. Right. They didn't care about the club, and they weren't interested. And, um, you know, they sort of effectively down tools. Let me tell you something, that absolutely, uh, that really hurt the club. Pinned it on the dressing room wall, I'd imagine. Really, really hurt them to a point where I actually met the player liaison officer outside at Griffin Park that day. And, and she was in tears. And she's actually just left her job. She'd left her job. She started working for Sheffield United and actually took leave from Sheffield United to go and volunteer at Wigan again. So, you know, respect to you, Karen. Um, you're probably not listening, but you know what? Respect to her. She's absolutely fantastic. And and she was in tears. And you know what? They they are so hurt about what's happened. And and they've picked up results since then. They beat QPR. They drew away at Barnsley. And, of course, they beat Hull 8-0 yesterday, which is going to be crucial for them. And, and you know, you look at them, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, I've never been a fan of Wigan. No. I, I I just found them in the Premier League to be one of them shitty clubs that comes up and does enough. You know, they get battered for the first 10, 12 games and then, you know, win eight on the trot and stay up. They just really, 
I wasn't really a fan of this, but I like Paul Cook and I like, you know, what he's doing and, and sort of, you know, the attitude he's got in terms of signing players. They've got some really, really good prospects in there. And to see them do that and battle hard, it's, it's, it's really, really encouraging and what are pretty dark times. But to see another twat from a national outlet, and I don't know how he is still there. It baffles me. For him to do that and come out and say they're down tools, come on, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I felt it. We felt embarrassed. You know, I'm standing there with people from local radio who genuinely wanted the ground to eat them up when, when, when he put that up. And the funny thing is, um, you know, Ryan will know the sort of protocol with interviews and stuff. He's a rights holder. They talk sport are right, rights holders. They go, I've fucking blown it. Um, you know, talk sport <laughs> are rights holders. They have the rights to the FL. It was their turn to go and do the interviews. And he ran away. He ran away. He got yeah. up out of his seat and ran out the ground. And I just thought to myself, what the hell's going on? And I actually asked... Um, the local guy, the BBC local guy, oh, has he gone and done the interview? He goes, no, no one's gone and done it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I clocked on Twitter and people are giving him abuse. And then he comes out yesterday and goes, fabulous, you know, effort from the Wigan players. Don't be a twat, man. Don't be a end. You know, we are supposed to be out there in my job telling the truth. We're supposed to tell the truth and and sort of appreciate where fans are and what they do. Look at that young lad. He's, 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 he's however old he is. He weighs 400 quid. He sold his toys and stuff, man, for his football club. Mm. Yeah, I know, that's, that's, yeah. that's what it means. Souls like this, posting think... what they're having for dinner at fucking Chelsea every week. Come on, mate. You're yeah, an ab- no, absolute disgrace. It is. And I think, like you say, Aaron, like that one game they've lost is against Brentford, who are undoubtedly, at the moment, since lockdown returned, the best team in the league. I think I'm just looking at their results. Since... Since they beat us, actually, in February, they've kept nine clean sheets out of ten games, other than that Brentford loss. That's an unbelievable run. They've only lost four league games this year. And this is after a run of 10, 12, 30 games without a win. They are... Paul Cook's done an amazing job there. And even, you know, I think that the win almost puts them um, 12 points clear. I think that will obviously depend on the results, but... I oh, know, even I think it's put them twelve points clear. Twelve points clear with gold with a goal difference. I'm not gonna lie, they will hopefully and they probably will now survive by the more than twelve points and everything that's gone off off the pitch won't affect them because it is it's a, it's ridiculous. If, if if you ever want a clear explanation of one team that's down tools and one team that hasn't, one team in that um in that eight nil fixture was in the relegation zone six months ago and is now lost one game in in 13 14 games the other team were in the playoff spot six months ago and has had, and has won one in 16 or something like that you know if you want to look at a nice comparison of who's down tools and who hasn't i think you have to point at the fingers of the club who are banning their local press from their ground in whole you know trying to change the name really, really messing about with the finances there. A team of players to just, they look like they don't care. And to, to accuse Wigan, the players, and Paul Cook as well, is a, a manager who wears Stand passion on his sleeve. Stand you know, no, no, yeah, yeah, he is an absolute, absolute gent. And I think there's no person in football who would, would think he doesn't care about the club he's at. And he's obviously instilled that in the players. And... It was insane. We were, you know, we were sitting in the press box waiting for the middle game to start and just goals flying in every five minutes. 
And we, I mean, one thing that did make me laugh is I think the the, the word went round of seven nil at half time, and everyone's gone, "Geez, that must be a record!" Like, when the hell is the last time that ever happened? Has that ever happened before? And I think Opta put out the stat that the last time a team led, led seven nil at half time was in 2015 when. I think it was Watford were beating Blackpool 7-0. And I thought, that is not long enough ago. The championship is ridiculous. That The last time a team was leading 7-0 at half-time was five years ago. I mean, that is not right. (laughs) Surely. I mean, there's two things that I take out of this uh, game last night. Um, Number one is if Wigan pulled this off, and they are, there's still two games to go for them. so it's not done and dusted entirely yet, but they do have that, as Ryan's just said, that 12-point cushion and the huge advantage of the goal difference now. They're plus one after that um, eight-goal win last night. It's going to be one of the great football stories of of all time, yeah. in my opinion. And I yeah. don't hold any particular brief for Wigan. I, I, don't, I don't mean I dislike them. I just found them always a rather bland club. But now this gives them something that is... Uh, is unique, um, hopefully, with, with two games to go, given that they appear to have been plunged into administration thanks to, um, what should we call it, financial jiggery-pokery from, uh, from the beyond, beyond the seas. Um, and the other thing, I've given what um, Aaron's just said, is don't listen to dickheads on TalkSport. What are you doing listening to um, them? Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they wouldn't be in a job if people didn't listen to them. It's like the sun. You know, don't read it. You know, it's, yeah. Anyway, there we are. I think, I think one thing as well from Wigan is that, to, again, with the accuser of the players of downing tools, I think the one thing, well, one of, the, one of the things in this situation with Wigan is that the club get punished. The fans get punished. The players who don't get their contracts renewed get punished. The staff, like you're saying, who get made redundant, Get, they're the ones who get punished. The owners who have put them in this situation and, you know, potentially as a swizz, potentially as a scam, whatever it is, the owner who bought them and on the same day put them in administration gets no punishment. He walks away from the club having maybe lost a bit of millions that is a percentage of his earnings. And it's the players who lose their jobs. It's the players who go down a division. It's the people in the community who lose business. It's the people who lose their jobs. It's the players and the manager who fought so hard this season to stay up and get punished. And that's just not fair. So to see them pull out a result like that and see the effort they're putting, and like you say, Nick, it, could, it will be one of the best stories in recent times if um, Paul Cook and his players turn it around and even with a 12-point deduction, stay up. I think that would just be phenomenal for them. For the situation they were in six months ago in terms of their league position, that would just be an excellent turnaround. We, we had quite a lively WhatsApp conversation the other night when Wickham um, on promotion, Aaron, didn't we? Um, yes. You, 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 you hold good feelings towards Gareth Ainsworth. You, you, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm a big fan of his. Um, I started my career covering Wickham Wanderers. And let me tell you, that's a very interesting club in the sense of they are, were, were bought out by a guy in in the early 2010s, um, called Steve Hayes, who owns a company called Loans.co.uk. Yep. He also owned Wasps, and he bought them, and he merged them together effectively to play at Adams Park and what have you. And, and he really sort of messed the club around in terms of financially. So when the fans took over, it kind of became an us-versus-them mentality. 
And, mm. you know, you found that the people inside the club, they were very, very funny about outsiders coming in. And and I can still say that to this day as well. I mean, there's a lot I could sort of tell you about them, but obviously this isn't a Wickham Wanderers podcast. Um, but Ainsworth was one of them. Ainsworth was one person who just welcomed you in and, you know, he was very happy to help with whatever, and he was very, very good. At, and you know, I think I've, I, I, I respect him for what he's achieved there. You know, because managers respect him, clubs respect him. You know, you look at the comparisons between them and other clubs. There is no way clubs would loan Wickham Wanderers their players if they didn't respect Gareth Ainsworth and what he can do for their players. Especially as nowadays, you know, if, if for example, you're trying to pick up a player from Chelsea and Arsenal, Liverpool, whoever, they want a full-blown dossier on what you're going to be doing, how you're going to treat them, what you're going to be feeding them, you know, like what, mm. what you're going to be doing yeah. with players yeah. to, to make them better yeah. and to make them more saleable assets in the future. And you look at Ainsworth and what he's achieved on, on less than a shoestring. You know, let's call it a G-string budget. You know, effectively. You <laughs> no, know. you have to. You have to acknowledge no. what they've achieved. There's no. I mean, it's a football. No. It's a football. I mean, I'm going to park the Gareth Ainsworth factor for all listeners because there'll be people out there screaming at their their devices, mm. their their car speakers, or whatever. However, you're listening to the show that. Uh, there was a, the Tony, infamous Tony Craig incident a few years ago, and that will unfortunately follow Gareth Ainsworth down Zampa Road into the dressing rooms and onto the, onto the pitch whenever the uh, Mill Wickham fixture takes place next season. Presumably there's a, a crowd in there to watch it. But I think if you leave that to one side, and I don't, I've no axe to grind about Ainsworth beyond that personally, but certainly it's one of the great romantic stories of, of football to watch Wickham Wanderers, who I can remember joining the league in, um, in, the, in the 80s, they joined the Football League? or Yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's a little bit akin to the Wimbledon story back in the the Plough Lane old days. You know, coming in from um, non-league and achieving success. So you have to acknowledge that. And also, of course, Ryan, you just know who's going to score for them next season, don't you? Well, you hope not. Um, <laughs> you just know who's going to do it. To, I think you have to shout out Fred. I, I mean, I was always, I always liked Fred at Millwall. Um, to I be did. honest, I thought, I thought. Um, he just did see Neil Harris 4-4-2. And I think we've seen that with players like Eze. Obviously, I'm not saying he's as good as that, but Eze at QPR doesn't get through because he doesn't suit 4-4-2. We had Lewis White a couple of years ago, didn't get through because he didn't suit 4-4-2. And I think Fred was one of those who fell foul to it because obviously him and Harris were really close. They had a really good relationship when he was coming through, handed him his debut, I think, in that FA Cup battering that we took. Always spoke well of him, didn't he, Neil Harris? Always spoke well of him. I think it was always the agent who... Um, cause the issues. But with Onyedimma, you see he's done really well at Wickham. I know he spent a lot of time injured this season, but especially in the early stages of the season, he got a couple of goals and in this playoff push, he was vital. But on that left wing position, kind of that position where we're lacking someone now. Yeah, yeah, 4-3-3. He's always been someone who is an inside left or inside right who wants to cut inside because he's got so much pace. He's got great close control but he doesn't want to get to the byline and cross it in and I think Wickham have worked that out and I don't know again I, I don't have any particular um, axe to grind against um, Gareth Ainsworth I think was it when my right think and Aaron in the summer they had something like six or seven players in the book well, he, he turned up um, for pre-season training there was nine players in the books yeah they had um, nine players like as a league one side and no money as well to do no something money to anything with it. Obviously, they were they they've sold out to an American. They've sold a percentage mm. of their club to an American. But you know, you look at what he's done 
and in terms of the quality players he's been able to bring in, the way he's been able to sort of manipulate that squad. And, and you know, Ainsworth talks a lot about spirit, a lot about spirit, and I agree. And I think, you know, the spirit he has that team playing with, because they're not superstars, but they play like superstars. You know, Akin mm-hmm. was 38, and, you know, he talks a lot, granted, but you know what? He's highly effective with what he does on the field. Um, Jacobson as well, the left back, you know, he scores from yeah. most days. He's absolutely brilliant. Regularly. You know, I remember his first season seeing him on his debut, thinking, all oh, right, they're signing this lad from Shrewsbury. What's he about? And you know what? He's been brilliant. Matt Bloomfield's 36 years old, the midfielder. Yeah. He's, he's, he's basically, you could call him a one-club man because he never played a game for Ipswich. But Bloomfield, you know, people talk about him, though, he's not the most technically gifted. He's basically one of those, you know, sort of like a, 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 an EFL lower league vet. Yeah. But you know what? No one runs more than him. He runs 11K a game. 11 games yeah, game. Every game. He runs more than every other player. Darius Charles, mate, he had hip injuries. It looked like he was going to retire. He's he sorted it out. Plus, if you're lucky, they'll probably buy Jason McCarthy off you next season as well. <laughs> if yeah, you're lucky, they'll buy more tripe off you, lads. Don't worry, don't worry. Well, I think it's, it's his job that he's done there is akin to kind of Wilder at Sheffield United. Obviously, I think Sheffield United have a lot more resources. But in terms of getting them to the Premier League, I think the... It was complete backs against the wall for Wickham. And I know a lot of people, obviously, I think I think Ainsworth is probably a bit less tactically astute. Not saying he isn't. Um, they're not just a kick-it-long team. There's a lot more to them than that. But um, I think, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of clubs, at least in League One, grumbling about them getting into the playoffs on points per game, especially Peterborough. But I think, I'm right thinking that their, that weekend was the first week they'd spent outside the top three all season. I think they'd been in the play. I mean, they were leading for a lot of the way. They were second. And I think there were, because of Berry's dismissal from the league, they all their rivals played two games without them playing a single game, which is where the games in hand came from. And before those games were played, Wickham were third. Before that, they were second. And they've been up and around that all season. So for anyone to say they've snuck into the playoffs on a fluke and they've kind of fluked their way through uh, the playoff final, I think really doesn't really hasn't paid attention to their season. They have been fully deserving of their position and their promotion. Really, really good for them. And, you know, it's great to have a new face in the championship for a season before they inevitably go down with Rotherham, you know. <laughs> I like I like your style, Raul, Ryan Loftus. <laughs> Let's, um, should, should we have some pre Rotherham will go down, don't they? <laughs> Let's hope so. School uh, predictions. Have some predos. Uh, will take in on Queens Park Rangers at Loftus Road. Sorry, the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium, Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. I'm going to be there for BBC Radio Five. Of course, I am. Um, Chaps, how's it going to go? I am going to predict that we can make it three wins on the spin. Um, I think we are in the best shape that we can possibly be. At the moment, the, the, the 11 that started last night, I would think we'll start again on Saturday. Um, so I'm going to take us to get maybe that crucial second goal. I'm going to go with QPR and Neil Mill to Ryan. I am going to go for Millwall to 1-0 the rest of the season. I think it will be 1-0 against QPR, making it three in a row. I mean, I'd appreciate if you said it in proper form. 
but you know, it, that's nil one. Nil, nil <laughs> to one. <laughs> Nick, Nick, can we get some more of them V five one seven C forms? Just for Ryan, just to remind them of how we do. I'll, the I'll email it over to him after the show. You've only been here a season. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, it's it's my name's my my namesake stadium. I I, I feel it's my spiritual home. You know, Loftus Road. <laughs> I think uh, so. For me, that is home. It will be one. What about just before we close, boys? What about me getting the um the the wrong Ryan J Loftus on our uh, on that frenetic South East London de- debate about the merits of um it was Harry was it it was it was Tony Monday and, and Harry having a spat online. Yes. And I just had this vision of a Philadelphia photographer that writes um, music. Look, Nick, we've, we've got the we've got the market in the Philippines now. Now we're getting in Philadelphia. Any other Philly places? Let's bring them in. I so yeah, wanted him to yeah. intervene in, in the debate over uh, it was Ryan Woods, whether he was any. It, Harry wanted to run Ryan Woods <laughs> to the airport, and Tony didn't. And I, I, got, I put I think, the wrong I think Ryan Tony Loftus had in. A six point manifesto of where Harry went wrong. I think that was it as well. <laughs> wonderful but, stuff know, wonderful stuff it's nice to spread the word <laughs> um, yeah I, for, for me it's going to be uh, QPR 1 Millwall 2 I reckon Matt oh, Smith oh, score stuff. quite the hand that once fed him I reckon lovely um, stuff uh, yeah that show of course powered by by Husky Chocolate hashtag fuel the adventure chats um, hello to everyone in the Philippines. Congratulations once again uh, to young Mickey Avery and uh, and Kofi, the new addition in the household. Uh, any other business? I'm just trying to think. Just to say yo to Ryan J. Loftus in Philadelphia. Yeah, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Um, Nick, do you, just, just on the side, do you reckon we make you feel younger? <laughs> well, it's husky chocolate. It's like Cleopatra bathed in ass's ass's milk. So that's what I do with husky. That's what. No, I'm I'm slab, I'm slab. Do, you, do you reckon? Do you reckon like we? What just... with your your hip hop jive talking? On the, yes. on the, <laughs> listeners, you really ought to see this WhatsApp group. Bloody hell! One day we'll have a competition where we let one of you into our WhatsApp group for a week. Yeah, maybe we'll put that <laughs> on. There you go. A case of Husky as the, as the, uh, as the, as the prize. There a case of... Well, exactly. exactly. Uh, speaking of which, we will be launching some form of competition details, uh, I mean, hopefully in the next few days, Nick. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Yeah, once we, once we'll, we'll we have be, the... Keep keeping on on the old Twitter. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, elsewhere, Tony Mowbray talked through his teeth and it's really irritating. Chaps, thank you very much once again. Um, I mean, look, we can only hope for some good results this evening as it stands. I had the results up today. Uh, Brentford 1, Preston North End, nil. Uh, Bristol City 1, Bristol City 1, Stoke nil. Nottingham Forest have equalised, getting Sammy Amiobi. That's a nice way to look. Against Swansea. Um, and so Mill still seventh at the moment. Still seventh at the moment. Bristol City up to ninth. Uh, in fact, no, they're down to tenth. Oh, I don't know. It just keeps moving. The numbers are moving. Um, yeah, chaps. Thank you very much for joining us. As, thank as you very much, Aaron. Thank, thank you, Ron. Absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for downloading. Get in touch on the phone and on the email actormill at gmail.com. We do love to hear from you. Um, until next week, though, bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mural. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, it's Aston Mural. Till next time.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.